0: As we prepare to hear the word of the Lord, let's again go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Christ alone. Lord, as we gather on this Christmas day, we look to Jesus and we are grateful for for that baby born to grow into the one who would save us and who would reign as our forever king. And Lord, however we have come today, wherever we have come from, wherever we are in our relationship with You, we pray that You would use this hour, this day, to bring us closer to You. Lord, help us to hear You clearly and help us to love You more and more. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. So the last couple months as a church in our sermons, we've been wrestling with anxiety and anticipation, especially these last few weeks. We've been, we've been looking forward to Christmas and, and looking forward to the coming of Jesus born as a baby, and, and today we're done with the anticipation because we've arrived. Today we get to celebrate the reality of Jesus, of, of Christ with us. And as we've been doing the last few weeks, we're going to read a little bit from the end of the Old Testament, from a, from a small prophetic book called Amos, and then we're also going to read the story of Christ's birth, the, the first Christmas. So you're welcome to follow along. The words are going to be up on the screen. If you want to grab one of the Bibles from the bench in front of you, you can also follow along there. And we're going to read from the small book of Amos. We're going to read chapter 9, verses 11 to 15, and then we are going to read the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke. So we hear now the word of the Lord, first from the prophet Amos. And this is the Lord, the Lord himself speaking to us. In that day, I will restore David's fallen tent. I will repair its broken places, restore its ruins, and build it as it used to be, so that they may possess the remnant of Eden, Edom and all the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord, who will do these things. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading grapes. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. I will bring back my exiled people Israel. They will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. And then we turn over to Luke chapter 2, to this this well-known story of Jesus' birth. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So we're going to mostly focus on the Amos text this morning, but bring in some parts from the Luke text, and we're going, to, we're going to start at the beginning of the Amos text with the point, welcome into the tent, welcome into the tent. And I don't know if you noticed it, but, but at the beginning of Amos there, where well, we might expect it to say that the Lord would rebuild the house of David, what Amos actually says on behalf of the Lord is, I will rebuild the tent, the tent of David. And I want to invite you into a little bit of a thought experiment with with me. Hopefully, you haven't had this actual experience. But let's say you're looking for a tent on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, and and you see someone who lists one. You call them up. You send them an email. He says, it's the best tent ever. you got to come see it. I can't even describe it to you. So you're skeptical, but you show up and you show up and the guy says come to my backyard there's this great i, I got to show you the tent it's it's wonderful it's amazing we we practically raised our kids in this tent it's the best one you'll ever see and you go around back and it is a 60 year old canvas tent it does not hold out the water you can tell cuz you can see the water dripping on the inside and there's all these holes in it and it kind of smells like you'd expect a 60 year old tent to smell and as you walk closer a squirrel jumps out and runs away and the guy says oh don't worry about that there's a nest of squirrels in there but they're friendly. And you walk away. Because that kind of tent is not the tent you want. And what Amos is doing to the to the people of Israel in his time is he is saying look at the life you're living look at the life you're living. And they think it's wonderful. Israel is actually very prosperous at this time. Their lives feel like they're going well. But but Amos says, look at the life that you're actually living. Look at your day-to-day experience. And what is it like? It's not good. The water is dripping in. There is a squirrel living in your house. Things are messed up. And that is the message that that Amos has for God's people at this point before he gets into the good news. And even on this Christmas day, it's good for us to, to take a hard look at our lives and to recognize, to recognize the ways that what we have built is, is not really what we want. To recognize how the lives that we have been given and the actions we have taken have, have actually caused brokenness and trouble. To recognize where, if we're honest, as we look at the world, it doesn't look that great. This should have been a time, there should have been a time for the, promise, for the prophet Amos to be able to say, look at how good and how great things are. Instead, he has to begin by saying, you know, you know that tent that you people have been living in, that God gave you, that you should have, that you should have taken care of, you failed, you flopped, you've broken it. But then Amos, with that in the background, gives this great promise from the Lord, that the Lord promises that that He will come and He will make all things better. He will rebuild the tent and He will restore the people. And, And so as we gather on this Christmas day, we celebrate the Lord's promises to renew and restore. And by the way, the fact that you are here today, the fact that you are here today is actually a fulfillment of this very prophecy. And we'll take a minute to come back to that. But the fact that you are here is a sign that that Amos is speaking truth to God's people then and to us now. You see, what Amos is saying is is God is going to make this tent new and He's going to make it bigger. He's going to have it include not just the ethnic people of Israel, the Jewish people, but but He's going to expand it beyond the margins to the people we would never, ever expect, to the outcast, to the undeserving. And we see that in the Gospel of Luke when the angels come to the shepherds, those, those people who lived out on the margins, the people who kind of stunk, the people who lived with their animals, not the people any king would go to first. And yet the Lord in His grace sends His angels to pull those people in. And if we continue in the New Testament, there is a great church council in Acts 15, a time when... When as the good news of Jesus has gone out and more and more people from the nations are coming in, God's people have to, have to wrestle with what does it mean to belong to Jesus? What does it mean to follow the Lord? And, and as they reflect on that, they go back to Amos chapter 9. And the church leaders at that first church council, they look at Amos chapter 9 and they say, Look, God, God is going to make His tent bigger. God is going to bring the nations in and and the nation of, of Edom and all the nations, all the nations are going to belong to the Lord. And so we gather today, we gather today and it is a work of God that we are here because God has made His tent new and He has made it bigger. And He has welcomed you and you and you and you and me and all of us into His people. On this Christmas day, we see God fulfilling his promise by the very fact that we are here. That we felt in some way drawn by the Lord, and maybe you didn't recognize it as the Lord, but we felt in some way drawn by the Lord to come here and to celebrate and remember that in Jesus, God has welcomed us in. From the perspective of the Old Testament, I think all of us would be outsiders. From the perspective of the Old Testament, Very few or perhaps none of us would be here, but from the perspective of of the Lord, all of us belong. You are welcome. And so if you leave today with nothing else from this service, if, if there is nothing else that you remember from this Christmas day, remember this, that in Christ you belong. In Christ you belong. And because that is true, as Amos 9 goes on, we see that life just gets better. Life just gets better. If you happen to be here a couple weeks ago, we read a different text in the Old Testament that talked about how all the crops were going to fail and, and everything was going to fall apart and it was going to be a time of famine and trouble. And Amos 9 undoes all of that, and Amos 9 talks about how how the harvest is going to be so plentiful, and the weather's going to be so good, and things are going to be so blessed that someone is not even going to be able to finish the harvest before the next one comes along planting. And for us as non-agricultural people, that doesn't make all that much sense, and it can't possibly happen in this world. But that's what Amos 9 promises, that the harvest will be so abundant that it will go from harvest to harvest to harvest and get better and better and better. And even the mountains and the hills, even in the mountains and the hills will produce food for God's people. Now, I grew up in Colorado, and I love the mountains, but I have to tell you something. Mountains are not productive fields. Mountains are not productive fields. And this, this really came home to me once when I was talking to my grandpa. And I, I grew up in Colorado. He grew up in a little town in the Netherlands. And to him, a great landscape is wet and full of dirt and good for planting things. And to me, a great landscape is soaring grandeur of mountains. And, and he told me one day, you know, I don't like the mountains. We come out, and we visit you people because you're here, but we don't like the mountains. I said, how can you not like the mountains? He said, because you can't grow any crops on them. There is no life there. And I couldn't believe it. But what this text is telling us is that that more than what we could ever expect, God makes things complete. What this text promises is the grandeur and the beauty and and the majesty of the soaring Rocky Mountains. But also filled with all the fertility, all the harvest of the cornfields of Iowa. Picture the power of the mountains along with the food provided by by the best cornfield you've ever seen. And that is what we have in Jesus Christ. That is what we have in that baby who came and was was born into a manger and who, who lived and died and rose again for us. The incarnation is a sign that everything is different now. Jesus has come and so... And so as hard and as difficult as life still is, life is completely different because because the Lord provides for us. And then this text goes on, and I recognize this is not the most creative point to land on, but, but life gets better and better. It's not just that in Jesus life gets better, but it's that it gets better and better and better and better. The Lord does not just promise us one good harvest, He promises that He will bring us home. That all will be well forever and ever and ever and ever. Here in Amos, the Lord promises that all of our troubles will pass away. He promises that all those longings that we have, that we know can never be fulfilled in this life, that, that He will give us all of that and more. In Christ, we have just the beginning. But in Christ, we also have a promise that things will get better and better and better. In that story in Luke, we see the shepherds, the people we would never expect, and and they're brought into the story, they're brought into the mystery, they're told the secret, and they they go and they see this baby, just a baby. And babies are wonderful, but I I don't know that we would expect the king of the universe to change everything through a baby. But the shepherds go, and they see just Jesus as a baby, and their lives are forever transformed. And they go out, and, and remember, they've seen a baby. And they go out, and they glorify God, and they tell everybody that everything is different now because of this baby. And the text leaves these shepherds. They don't show up again in the story of the gospel. The text leaves these shepherds going out and forever rejoicing. And that is what we are called and gifted to be as people who have seen the baby Jesus and who follow Him. That is where Christmas points us to, to life getting better and better and better. And I want to, just as a small picture of that, I want you to bring up that picture that we talked about earlier of a a tent falling apart with a squirrel living in it and holes and all of those things, And, and that is the world we live in now. And there are some really wonderful and great things about this world, and life, I think, is a lot better for us than it has been for most people in most of history But if we're honest about the world, whether we look at it personally or nationally or globally, this world is a mess. We are full. Our lives are full of trouble. And that is where we live. And our best efforts to patch up the holes and and chase the squirrels out and deal with all the troubles, well, they help a bit, but they don't really change everything. But I want to invite you to, to juxtapose that picture with the building we're in now. And look around us and... There are no squirrels in here, at least that we know of. The rain is not going to come in. We have controlled the temperature in here, and we can, we can change it if we want. We have electric lights. We have tremendous luxuries that most people throughout most of history would think, wow, this is heavenly. And we are here with each other. We are here with family. We are here with friends. We are here with brothers and sisters in Christ. And most of all, we are here to meet with the Lord. And we have the hope of Jesus given to us. And that is the promise here of Amos and ultimately of the whole Bible that the Lord is making a new heavens and a new earth. And that new heavens and the new earth are are like this building is to a moth-eaten old tent. Things will keep getting better and better. And so on this Christmas, as we gather to to reflect on a baby born in a manger. We're invited to go out rejoicing like the shepherds because everything is different. Because the Lord provides for us. Because God is with us. I invite you today to find hope in Christ alone. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for all the good things you have given us. We are grateful for the lives we have at this time in this place where, where we have so much prosperity. And yet, Lord, it seems as we become more and more prosperous, our lives also have become more and more empty and fractured and incomplete. And so, Lord, we pray on this Christmas day that you, that you bring Jesus more into our hearts. Lord, help us to see how Jesus is the answer to our questions, the the resolution to our dilemmas, the heart of the story of the universe and the story of our lives. Lord, we pray that if if any of us here have never accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that today would be the day. And Lord, we pray for, for all of us that we would see Jesus more clearly today. Help us to draw nearer to the light of the world, and we pray that you would that You would make our lives better and better as we step more and more into Your ways and into Your kingdom. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.